Hello everybody, this is Josiah from the future in worse audio quality. I am uh, editing today's episode and quickly wanted to chime in before we got started here to say that we are going to be taking a bit of a hiatus for the rest of the summer. We're going to be coming back probably sometime around late August, beginning of September depending. Um, just thought we would uh, take some time, take a break and uh, come back so we can uh, give you guys as good of quality as we can. So. Yeah, um, also, this episode has got a pretty massive content warning that I wanted to stick at the beginning. We also say content warning like a thousand times in the middle of the episode, but like, we're going to talk about cults in this, and like, mass suicide, and we play some of the Jonestown tapes, which is like, if you if you don't vibe with that, if you don't want to hear that, uh, you don't have to. <laughs> Um, if you, if you, uh, want to listen to the episode, but not hear the Jonestown audio, I believe we, we give you a warning so you can skip ahead. So, uh, yeah. On to the episode. <coughs> so God. Finch, why do you like biting people? Why do you like biting Yeah. Okay. People? So Finch was like saying biting? off mic that she likes biting people. I didn't say that I'm being misconstrued here. I said that like, I was wondering if you guys have a compulsion to like bite people. And all three of us answered No. no. Okay, this is okay. So this is a woman thing. I get that. All right. Okay. I still, okay. Listen, biting. it's not that I like. It's not like I'm gonna go out on the street and like randomly bite somebody. <laughs> I would hope like, not. <laughs> I mean, you could. I'm not saying it'd be legal, but you could. No, that's how I get led away in handcuffs, Phil. Um, they no, might let I, you go. They might let me go. Yeah, maybe like, oh, I bite I'm the just, cops. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just crazy, you know. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> Oops. I'm literally neurodivergent. Uh, uh. I'm literally neurodivergent. That's why I was fighting all these people, officer. I'm literally I'm a doing, woman. I'm allowed to do this. I, I'm doing it to cope, officer. Okay. So, so Fitch, when you get the urge to just bite, is it? A person specifically, or is it just you need to bite? Well, it's it's usually okay. I don't know, like, because I don't know if my experience is universal, because I don't know, like, what other women, like, for me, I'm I'm assume that all women bite. Real quick, we'll take take that assumption. Okay, well, no, no, no. I meant like who they want to bite. Because for me, it's like I want to bite a man. Um... (laughs) I want to bite a man. <laughs> yes, I do. I want to okay. bite a I, man. Well, this one's like, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, yeah. I'm like, I want to, I want to bite a man and like set him straight. I just want to, you know, I want to bite I want to bite a man and, and set like, him straight. And like when he's least straight. expecting it. That's like what's in my head. Like, wait, wait, he's not expecting it? Yeah, like, you know, like, I'm laying next to a man, like, maybe I'm cuddling my boyfriend or something, and I just want to bite his arm. I don't know. Why is this a thing that ha- I like, want to like, draw so blood! I, I'm, so, anecdotally, um, I I am not a fan of, of language that when it talks about gender, it makes very broad stereotypes, because it's not true. However... However. <laughs> I will make I will make this I I will make this statement. It seems through what I have I have seen via on the internet and in conversation as well with other people, it it, it seems that a lot of a lot of women like biting. Like this well, is it, a, yeah, women this do be biting anecdotally for me too, from my my well, experience it, in romantic relationships. Wait, does Kelly yes. does your girlfriend what? like to bite? Yeah, uh, literally, you two, as your girlfriend and your wife, can... right now, do it. No, 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 no. I, the answer to mine is already yes. 
<laughs> what if I okay? What if I call Kelly from the other room? Yeah, my wife yeah. is the answer to okay. yes. I can, I can, I can call her. I can. My call wife her. answer call. is a hundred. Let's let's confirm this. Like we we I I need to know to back this this up. Hey, you're on Mammonberg, real quick. Um, you're on Mammonberg, real quick. Okay, hold on. Let me pause. I'm watching Desperate Housewives. Okay. Um, do do this bitch just poisoned this man to get his wife? Uh, anyway. So so is there like is it is it a f- female trait to just have the compulsion to bite people like specifically romantic partners for no reason? Oh yes, yes and no. It's a feline trait. <laughs> <laughs> like a cat? Oh yeah, yeah that makes total yeah, sense. It's um, you know how cats they have what you call cuteness aggression. Oh. Where you, if, uh, is it cuteness aggression or is it over? Like when they get overstimulated or when they think something's too cute. Like if you are petting them and they're having too good of a time they can start biting you and that could be because they're overstimulated from the petting or it could be because they're enjoying it so much. So like, you know how sometimes noodle is laying on your belly yeah. and she, she like bites Just you bites me. Yeah. Because she's having so much fun cuddling you. <laughs> and, and, and women do that also. And, and women, women do that. Yeah. I've, this is, I've had okay. some discussions with other women and yeah, biting is, um, is kind of a universal so, uh, so us giving Finch shit for this like is something sexist. About, something about <laughs> no, no, like, no, no, no. just wants to chomp on Maybe. your titties sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for for adding all this. I'm gonna let yeah, you go now, if that's okay. Okay, yeah. There is just a compulsion to bite a man. I will say. Mm. I'm just Would like, you say you know, that that compulsion is kind of cult in cult like in nature? Yeah, would would you? Say, man, I know, you know you're trying very hard. I'm trying to so hard because we got a subject That's how you're gonna lead into it. Does that's somebody you... have a better idea? What the dude? Are you okay? What the fuck did you pull with that? <laughs> Why don't you try? This is a cult like you know, are you saying that women desire? are in a giant cult that wants to bite men? Is that yep. what? <laughs> well, you know what really if you think about Josiah? it, the, the biggest really cult in the world is women. Okay, Phil, what were you saying? <laughs> you know what really, you know what really bites Josiah? What really bites Phil? Mass and group suicide. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to Mammonburg, everybody. Music. <laughs> I'm half tempted to say Phil should let's, let's introduce us. Okay, Don't can you fuck this now up. understand? Hi everyone. This is a serious ish episode. There's not a bit. There's no bit. <laughs> no, the bit here is that I'm gonna like, no, emulate no a, a true crime podcaster, like the the guy who's like number fifteen with the the foot lettuce guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. All right. Okay. All right. Introduce All us, right. Phil. Okay, Phil. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mammonberg, the scariest true crime podcast That's on right. Spotify. <laughs> Today, right. we're going to list out the four scariest Christian socialist hosts on the internet. Mm. Number one. 
Josiah Sutton. That's me. Number two, Jackal <laughs> Jester. Last name unknown. <laughs> I thought his last name Hello. was Jester. I don't it's know. It's a mystery. I just read the script. It could mean anything. <laughs> it could mean anything. Number three, Finch Bird Person McPopeneys. <laughs> Finch Bird. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> and yeah, finally, me. That's number me, four. Number four. And finally, number four, Philip. Uh, A moment where he tries to decide whether to say his last name or not. <laughs> number Welcome to Mammonburg, everybody. Number four. It sounded like Phil, go- like Phil Sex Moan. That, that's his oh. last name. It's- oh. Welcome to Mammonburg, everyone. Yeah, it sounds like it's Phil so and his last name's is is ellipses. It's just an ellipses. That's okay. He's like They don't yeah, know I'm that Phillip. my last name is uh well they all know my last name is Cozy and that they could find me at Oh my god. <laughs> god damn it. Don't oh. say it. And you can send bombs directly to my own. <laughs> oh my okay. god, uh, stop. Any- anyway, anyway, okay. um welcome to Mammonburg, everybody. Welcome to Mammonburg, everybody. Yeah. Welcome. We got a special you episode tell, for you. We got it, yeah. <laughs> we do. We have a very special episode for you tonight. Number five. <laughs> you wanna finish that? You wanna finish that thought? There is no number five. All right, Finch, carry on. (laughs) Finish your sentence, Finch. (laughs) Introduce us. What are we we talking about? What do we have going for us today? All right, so this is a long-awaited episode, and actually all four of us have done our homework on it. We are going to be discussing the book Cultish and talking about the language of fanaticism and how that relates to the language and habits of the Christian nationalist movement. Oh, yeah. So Cultish was a book that was written by Amanda Montel. Uh, it was actually published in 2021, so, what, two years ago? It's fairly yeah, recent, recent, and it ta- talks about the sort of linguistic um, tactics that cults use in order to draw people in and keep them there. And sometimes it gets to the point where that ling- uh, that language of fanaticism can become so all-encompassing to the followers of a cult that it can drive said cult members to doing unspeakable things. Terrorist attacks, mass suicides, we've heard this all before. But we don't really know the how mechanics of how this happens. And we're actually seeing a lot of the same tactics used today, especially in the growing and hor- horrifying movement of Christian nationalism. So today we are going to go over two of the most prolific cults and the tactics they use, and also compare that to the tactics that we can see within the Christian right. We hope that by the end of this episode, you'll be able to see these tactics as well in the modern Twitter discourse sphere, which is a hellscape, (laughs) I know. (laughs) By the end of this episode, you guys are going to look at the Christian right and think they're Christian wrong. There we go. Thank you, Phil. There we go. thank, (laughs) Thank you, Phil. Thank you.
So do we have any initial thoughts about Cultish before we begin the breakdown? From from the parts I read, I, w- I was actually very... Because I think, like, linguistics as, like, an academic discipline is kind of, like, upper, underrepresented, I would say. Because linguistics is very important. The whole, like, thesis of Cultish is that, like... Basically, we all are, like, you know, beginning to use insular language or more insular language. And that basically society has always used insular language, but the languages are starting to become more insular and able to, like, reproduce itself in a way that's kind of, like, foreign to a lot of the ways they reproduced themselves before. And the kind of relationship that creates with pe- within people with the same, like, linguistic mode of operations which essentially forms cults essentially it's it's linguistics as represented in cultish is like the lifeblood of the cult it's what keeps everybody together yeah well is it what's also how you identify other people so like like other members of like a group so that's why she was the, the so like my automatic like reaction just from like kind of my academic background like like with with history and with religious studies specifically in college was like i i clench up at calling things cults because that's um it's a term that gets thrown around a lot without a real meaning what i appreciated about the author is that she addresses that pretty early on oh, um yeah. that that exact kind of i don't know hesitance that i have and that's specifically why it's cult-ish because the point isn't that like yeah, you can get in this debate and just call fucking everything a cult. And I don't know whether we're we're exactly even making this argument that like specific like Christian nationalism is specifically a cult, but rather that cults have what she calls cultish, a style of communicating, a style of in-group communication with each other that, you know, like you is a way to effectively manipulate people. And that we're going to kind of argue, I believe that like Christian nationalism uses a lot of these same things. However, to some degree, also all of culture uses these. And that's kind of like her point. And I, I think that's, that's kind of, I thought it's that was a less good calling stuff a cult and more My, just like, we all yeah. kind of use essentially like insular language that defines the like in groups and out groups we exist mm-hmm. within. Yeah. Yeah. We all rely on like thought terminating cliches. That was a concept that stuck out to me a lot in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated that. that... So we are going to break all of this down because there are four key linguistic features that cult leaders often yeah, let's, use. Yeah, let's do it. So when talking about cults, we have sort of this... Um, you know, preconceived idea of cults. We have uh, the family. We have uh, Jonestown. We have Heaven's Gate, uh, Branch Davidians, uh, Synanon, Amshinrinkio, and all of these cults have definitely infamous backstories to them. Um, certainly, how they ended, how they began, but we don't really know what draws people into cults. We don't really know how people got into this situation. It's very easy to dismiss um, people's experiences and just say, oh, well, they were brainwashed. Oh, they were, you know, not very, they were too easily trusting. They weren't very smart. But what I think this um, book really helps break down is how people who are, you know, regular everyday and even intelligent people um, because there were like there were like university scientists in Option Rankio, which is crazy to me. But it it really shows how effective language is in drawing people into a cult and keeping them there and making them into fanatics. So well, the I book found like cult-ish. the what was it the original like the the beginning chapter about the 
about the yoga cult that was hel- heralded by a yogi who was like basically there was this basically I don't know how to describe it they drew a parallel in the book between this person in a more religiously like vaguely spiritual I would say vaguely spiritual kind of cult like they were like a yoga cult and then a contemporary like modern equivalent right that these were two women in equivalent sort of movements and they're both extremely similar if not just like abjectly the same in a lot of ways just one Mm -hmm. used completely secular language and one used religiously charged language right so in cultish uh, montello argues that there are four key linguistic tactics that cult leaders often use to draw their crowd in and keep them Uh, there is thought terminating cliches in speak loaded language and us versus them speak Mm-hmm. Um, you guys want to break down or, any of them, or should I? Let's each um, tackle one. I I'll, I picked thought terminating cliche. I, I'd like to grab that one because that was the one that I think was most interesting to me. Because I I don't know r- around like 2016 2017 I read a lot about like us versus them speak because that was kind of an obsession among liberals. And so like that was an intru- you know that was kind of like a an older point to me. But thought terminating cliches was like I think a really really astute point I had not thought of before reading this. All right, um, go ahead. Which was, yeah, just like, um, so so the example like Finch wrote down in our notes is 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 saying it is what it is. Um, so like something fucked up is happening and you just kind of shrug and go, it, it is what it is. Cults kind of like develop these same kind of things where they're like, you know, sci- Scientology being like, um, God, do you remember the thought terminating cliche from Scientology? I'm blanking on it now. Uh... Um, Wish yeah, I had it uh, on hand, but I know. Yeah, let me let me think of a the, different one then. Um, uh, Jones used the media out. are after us. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right, yeah. So yeah. anytime people are like criticizing, uh, like in like Jones Jonestown or whatever, like uh, anytime people were criticizing what was going on, he would point to the media and say like, "Well, this is you know this is what the media wants you to think. This is the media coming after us, etc." And it's it's ways of like. Uh, like referring to the logic of the group as a reason for why you shouldn't continue your line of questioning. And, you know, like, and we can see this, you can see this in religious contexts as well. Like, um, you know, as, as well, like I, I remember growing up around evangelicals who said, you know, like, Oh, God doesn't want you to question things as God doesn't want you to be asking questions, these questions, you just need to take things at faith. Um, which, you know, obviously there's a degree of that, that is kind of true, but it's, it's a line of thinking that cuts off future, reasoning and of course cults are relying on that because uh you know they want they want you to not think about this and leave and you know you see nationalists use you know christian or excuse me you see like uh christian nationalists use this all the time uh you can see this on more toxic uh sides of the left as well but uh, i think it really comes out on the right a lot absolutely um i thought that in speak was also very fascinating Mm mm-hmm I was going to um, ask if I could if I could tackle that one. Is that okay? Oh yeah, go ahead, Jackal. Because when when I saw that, and uh, all right, to be you know uh, completely honest with the audience, I unfortunately did not have to have time to read the whole book, but I did go through the first two chapters. So I yeah, which is where it lays out the thesis. So it kind of it, it, yeah, I will I will read it. I will finish it afterward um, because it actually is pretty interesting. Um, but something that I found about. Um, in speak is it's pretty reminiscent to in Ur fascinism by Umberto Eco how he defines 
how urfascism uses mm. newspeak where mm-hmm. you break down in order to combat uh, complex and critical reasoning in a populace however you know the size of that populace and what background they're coming from the way that you want to sort of create a bubble around them is by taking that and almost breaking it down into improvised vocabulary you want it to it's similar to the language that they know but it is broken down and different words mean different things so some things are simpler other things are more complex you're it on one hand it makes people feel that they're in the know about something secret from other people but it also in the case of a cult it allows for people to be constantly confused and on their toes which is ultimately what you want people to be you don't want someone in a cult to be calm you always want someone to be you know on edge and that's what inspeak allows and it also allows people to feel in the know about something there's special knowledge that they have access to that the rest of these plebeians like they they don't have access to that you're yeah. lucky um the jargon from scientology was i think the yeah. best example of this that she talks about where like the like the terms literally like jargon serves a function in academia you know what i mean like it helps ex- it is a word for th- concepts that are hard to explain with normal like everyday words that's the opposite it was like the opposite order of things with scientology where it was we wanted like the terms want to be complicated so they take simple things and give them complicated terms because then that way if somebody you know you you hear those words you know they're they're on the inside like uh dianetics is like the theories of l ron (laughs) they don't call l ron hubbard l ron hubbard they call him lrh they use blow to mean that you're leaving the church e-meter is that weird thing that reads how many alien ghosts do you have in your body at the moment Um, yeah alien ghosts alien ghosts they reinvented original sin or sea org or or thedon or xenu or any of like uh, like all these are kind of nonsense words if someone comes up to you and says oh man how many uh how many operating thedons do you have currently um in you do can your do you need that uh measured by free wins or do you need is your engram ready if someone came up to you and said that that sounds like someone's having a stroke but to a scientology stroke (laughs) either or but like all this stuff goes into in speak like it makes you feel it's like when you're a kid and you come up with like a fictional language that's gibberish, but only you understand mm. it. It's kind of like you feel or like you invent like a secret language with a friend or something to that effect. It makes you feel cool and in the know about something that other people don't know about. And you're in the case of a cult, you're seeing how the world actually functions because the leader mm-hmm. has, has sort of given you this special knowledge. Mm. Right, exactly. Mm. It's it's like Simglish, you know. You're just you're just in there in a corner, and your little Sims in the corner going like, mm, "Friggle Gorble, Frongle Snoop." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Above my head is like a thought bubble that's like a sad face on a basketball, and you're like, "Grongle Florbin." Grongle Florbin. The third one uh, that cult leaders usually use is loaded language. You see this a lot when you see cult leaders wanting to get people to, you know, beat their chests, get really into the movement. But also it's a way for um, cult leaders to drum up fear and uncertainty and sort of 
make themselves sort of the center of the universe. Jim Jones often uh, employed apocalyptic language during his sermons. He would go to worst case scenario in the United States. He would say to his followers that the United States government was building concentration camps, um, that they were going, and that the government was, the army was on their way uh, coming to, you know, steal our children and put them in there and re-educate them into being like horrible capitalists or kill them. He also invoked nuclear war a lot, I believe. Um, yeah, which was in also, vogue at the time. Yeah, I believe uh, Koresh might have also done that, but I might be um, misremembering. I do remember that he did position himself as the Messiah and sort of got himself. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Koresh yeah. was really into apocalyptic imagery. Yeah, there yeah. was there is a pretty yeah. Well, the way that Koresh claimed, like, messianic hood was that he basically said that the Lamb of God was not a specific person, which 99% of all Christian, like, I would say 99.99% of all Christianity makes the, the Lamb of God inseparable from Jesus Christ, that there is no other. Right. That's just, but- like, integral to the religion, but Koresh claimed that it was, like, a title you could get, and that he was one of them. And that he earned them. it, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But- yeah, but loaded language kind of make uh, it pulls people more and more into a cult, right? Because it gets them to yeah. fear the outside world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really dr- drills these beliefs into their heads. It kind of goes yeah. with with the in speak too. When you combine those two, it you're you're being pushed further and further into this thing, and the further you get, like the Scientology terminology, not all of that stuff is available to like service level scientologists it's the deeper in this case with scientology the deeper that you pay um and the more levels that you go via sort of investing more into that like the more you're able to get all the secret cool language (laughs) right and then finally Um, we have like us versus them language which is very self-explanatory basically us versus them language is anything that causes division between like the follower and regular people it's usually yeah. meant to like drive people away from their families or away from like points of connection so it's like when you when you explain to somebody that like no they're keeping you from your true potential if you stay with them you'll be blank and then you insert what the blank word is it's usually a negative term that's usually yeah. like us versus them language or it's like oh the US government you know they're going to try to shut us down it's cuz they're blank and that blank might be, like, a way to describe, like, Luddites or, like, heretics, quote-unquote. Mm. Or, like, on the, on the like, like I, I think you could see this culty language in, like, left-wing versions where you would call people just, like, fascists who aren't fascists. You're a revisionist. You know, or like, You're a revisionist. Yeah, or a revisionist. Right. Or, that's a great point. And I, I was gonna say, like, like us versus them speak is, like, if, if we decided as Mammonberg here, we want to make Mammonberg a cult, y'all. We're gonna do that, um, listeners of the t- of the podcast Mammonberg. We're gonna start calling you guys heroes. Anytime we refer to them, we're gonna call you heroes. <laughs> and it's and people who don't listen to Mammonberg, we're gonna call them uh, perverts. Oh, and, and, and that's and that's the phrase. And we all just say that. We just all say and every time we oh, call you heroes. You gotta imagine the David Bowie song like in your head. Mm, like we yeah. could be heroes. 
Like and if you just, just introduce day. that into your common everyday language, like something as stupid as, as Mammonberg could really start having some actual psychological impact on you if you were doing that. If which we were all goal, doing that right? regularly. Which is the like, plan. Like, that's the goal, right? right. Like, just to be completely 100%, we all have aviators on, right? We do all have aviators oh, on. Of course, of that's course. That's right. From Ray-Bans, which we all spent... $185 on each. Exactly. That's right. We're going to grow. Talk to all the perverts in your life and make them heroes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. I, we're, we're losing it now. I, I no, leave no, too deep into this. This is good. Keep <laughs> okay, digging, Josiah. We can um, be heroes. We, if just for one day. Uh, oh, but Jesus yeah, Christ. So those are... Those are, um, yeah, no, that's totally not it on how we're all going to commit uh, a mass suicide in the middle of the jungles of <laughs> yeah, uh, Brazil. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, Finch, <laughs> these, all of these, uh, all these, like, key components that she breaks down in the book form, she's specifically talking about cults, um, and she uses a few examples of, of what cults she's kind of, like, using to construct that around. Uh, I believe you have a few examples for us. Oh, I do, I do. That's right. We have a few cult leaders to discuss here. Some, uh, a couple prominent cults, uh, that have left sort of a audio trail behind in which you can very easily pick up on what language they were using. One of these is, of course, the infamous Jim Jones of Jonestown, which I felt was a very appropriate Mm. selection since... He did initially start his movement uh, under the guise of Christ- Christian apostolic socialism. So what do we know about Jonestown? Phil? So, Jones, what I know about Jonestown, I'm not really, like, a of the cults, I've, like, you know, because I have a true crime fixation, which is dumb. Yes. It's um, one of my guilty pleasures. But, like, but I, I know that Jim Jones was kind of, like, he, he was a preacher towards the end of his cult, right. he was like he was becoming increasingly more nominally Christian right. and even more nominally socialist. But he okay. he was really just like a cult of personality towards the well, end. Well, well, from well, yeah. what I All know. Right. So I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna break it down for us. The People's Temple was formed by Jim Jones in Indianapolis, Indiana, in 1955. Taken from the Wikipedia page is that although its roots uh, and teachings shared more uh, with Christian revival movements than with Marxism, it purported to practice what it called apostolic socialism. It basically equated the teachings with Jesus Christ with socialism and also preached that those who remained drugged with the opiate of religion had to be brought to enlightenment. Socialist. So, Jim Jones actually started rather, he was a rather progressive figure in his early years. He um, received, he received a lot of attention in, in Indiana because of, he had integrationist views. He actually fought for desegregation in the States uh, for civil rights. He actually knew a lot of prominent civil rights uh, leaders and religious activists. He also knew uh, quite a few politicians. Um it included uh, Walter Mondale, who was the vice pre- presidential candidate, uh, First Lady Rosalind Carter, and guests at a large 1976 uh, testimonial dinner for Jones included uh, Governor Jerry Brown and California Assen- Assemblyman Willie Brown, among others. However, not all was great in the People's Temple. Um, a lot of the members were subjected to a lot of psychological abuse 
from Jones. Uh, there was one woman, if you guys remember this, uh, there was one woman who was forced to strip in front of a large audience. And Jones mm. basically listed off all the reasons why he wouldn't fuck her in front of this oh, damn. group. Yeah, it was a very oh, big... Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. Very yeah, big publishing. I, I'm... This uh, account is coming back to me now. Um, yeah, it was gross. It was really bad. And if mm. I remember correctly, that wasn't a one-off thing either. No, it was not. It happened multiple times. Uh, Joan w- Jones was also known for his uh, virulent drug habits. Um, he was a womanizer. He actually slept with both women and men, so he had multiple affairs. Um, and after several members of the People's temple defected um they actually went to a journalist named uh, lester kinsolving who published sort of a critique of the people's temple and what was going inside and that is when jones went into panic mode he knew that his power was kind of slipping away from him in the states so he started to relocate all of his people down to guyana um This was a socialist country. It was primarily English-speaking, and it did have a government with prominently black leaders. And this is important to note that most of Jim Jones's... And this is... I think it's kind of lost in the popular sort of consciousness around Jonestown. Most of the members of Jonestown, not all of them, but quite a few of them were black. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a common thread in these cults. This like this kind of like downfall, exodus, relocation and then kind of like final burst. Almost every single one of the cults we talk about today, I think has done nearly the exact same thing. The decline of the leader, the downfall of the cult and either ritualistic suicide or a different kind of cult resolution that is usually has negative connotations. I would it, say. Usually, this is a it's a when a cult begins to sort of go on the downturn and the leader sort of relocates people. It's not a sign that things are stable, right? Um, so Jones began to slowly phase his cult down to Guyana. Five hundred members got down there first, and they began to construct the People's Temple Agricultural Project, better known by its informal name. Jonestown. Uh, so Jones and the People's Temple began to encourage people while this uh, construction was going on of relocating down to the settlement. He was actually describing it as a socialist paradise, a, um, a sanctuary for media scrutiny, uh, a place where the we they could live out their way of life undisturbed by you know the Western American fascists that wanted to you know take them away and take their children away. Uh, however, once people got there, they realized that this was not the paradise that Jones promised. Wait, you're saying that they didn't end up in, in Tahiti making tons of money? Money? Well, Phil, you, you know, have to remember there is this. Actually, Go ahead. There, there's, a, there's an odd correlation between this and the fall of the Vanderland gang in a weird way. I didn't wind up in Tahiti. That is, that's, that we need more time, <laughs> damn it. Um, God damn it, Arthur. We need just a, a little, little bit more, Arthur. Arthur, just a little bit more faith, Arthur. Now, now, Dutch, now, Dutch. 
why the, why the hell we're sticking around, Dutch? Mother, if we had just had a little bit more faith and we had a little bit more time, we could have gotten this working. Right. So Jones, while the while the people's <laughs> while the people's temple was being constructed uh, from seventy six onward, uh, he was going back and forth between uh, Guyana and San Francisco, right? Um, and I believe that that was when they started to shoot those propaganda films of, like, people saying, like, how happy they were that they were there. And from what I understand, the initial, like, I believe first 500 who were actually, um, constructing the project actually were doing a pretty good job, like, making it sustainable. But when more people showed up, they didn't really have the supplies, so, in the summer of 1977, Jones and several other hundred temple members finally moved down to Jonestown to escape the building media scrutiny that was in San Francisco. Um, hmm. Because wasn't, um, if I remember correctly, part of it was that a lot of the kids of Jonestown, like the, the generation who had grown up under Jonestown, had gotten a taste of the outside world and were leaking a lot of... Oh, yeah. Internal People's Temple stuff, specifically on Jim Jones, that was not polite. It wasn't the most flattering image of, of the cult. That's kind of ironic, too, because um, kind of like what we had said was like Jones, Jones was like a Christian socialist, right? Like minus a couple stories, if he had just like disappeared in the mid 60s, there's a chance he would be just thought of in a mostly positive light. But like, yeah. and, and like one of the things that he had done was he had like, uh, you know, he'd, he'd done a lot of work, like outing Nazis and shit, like, like bringing, yeah. like, you know, mailing Nazis and being like, uh, yo, tell me about being a Nazi and then forwarding it to the media and outing them. So it's kind of funny that then the thing that he starts to freak out at is that exact shit happening to him. Right. Um, I mean, it says here in the in the wiki article that Jones actually left the same night that an editor at New West magazine read him an article that was going to be published uh, detailing ab- uh, allegations of abuse by former Temple members. And once the mass migration happened, Jonestown was way too uh, crowded and it didn't have enough uh, supplies to sustain this uh, booming population they had. Quickly note, Guyana is in South America. Um, it is hot. It is, uh, there's, it's hot. There's lots of bugs and they were trying to farm in, and now you can farm in South America, obviously, but they didn't know the methodology of how you would actually do proper agriculture. Right. Cause this was literally in the jungle, you know, they had to like clear trees and shit and they had like these bugs that were like the size of your thumb. Like Like, this wasn't this, in order to do something like this effectively, you need, like industrial equipment to clear jungle space to, or you need to get like locals who know how to actually do that, do that. But Jones didn't do that. So people were like using machetes and like improper equipment to clear jungle space. Now, when it was just like 500 people and it, it had gotten more sort of accustomed, like it could, they could support that. And it kind of was, it was that thing of like, if you're with a tight-knit group of people, hard work can feel fulfilling. But when yeah, it's everyone in this people's podcast. Temple... Right. Um... Yeah, this is kind of like chopping down a jungle in the Guyanese forest while a bug the size of my face is just staring me down. So we're going to just give you the long and short of what uh, of the events that happened 
up to the massacre and the massacre itself, and then we're going to get into sort of the linguistic tactics that Jones used, which is the real meat of this episode. So... Meat. uh, Back in the States, there were still a lot of concerned relatives of the People's Temple, and a lot of them were petitioning, uh, you know, local governments to say, hey, my, my loved one just disappeared. They said they were going down to South America by this guy who already has credible allegations against his group. You know, you <laughs> if you're a if you're a politician, you might be a little concerned. I mean, at least one with a soul. You might be a little concerned about what's happening to your constituents, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Am, am I right, um, fellas? Okay, well, the only righteous politician who has ever probably existed in the United States was Congressman Leo Ryan who represented California's 11th con- uh, Congressional District. And he was the guy who basically said, all right, I'm hearing all of my constituents' uh, concerns about this, and I'm going to go down and see jo- what Jonestown is myself. And, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let me just, I'm just reading the article. It's actually way more disturbing than I thought it was. Uh, if you guys want to oh, take you, a look. What was Turns the, uh... out it's worse. Uh, Yeah. The initial investigation says he was actually f- friends with the father of Bob Houston, who was a temple member, found murdered. Yeah, I remember that he, um, part of it was personal for him because he did know him, but it was also that Leo Ryan, part of this mission would be trying to determine, like, is People's Temple, like, this, is this an appropriate, like, place for these right. people? And also, for people who want to leave, they can go with Leo Ryan. All right, uh, continuing on. So, on November 14th, 1978, uh, Leo uh, Ryan flew down to Georgetown uh, along with a delegation. This included a handful of reporters and uh, concerned relatives of the Temple members. And this was what basically caused Jim Jones to freak out. Not really the presence of the media and the politicians themselves, but the fact that while they were there, a number of temple members um, spoke up and uh, stated they want to defect. And that was when uh, Jim Jones really just spiraled out of control. Uh, He actually sent uh, armed guards after these people to the airstrip where they were leading off. Uh, he killed, um, these guards killed about open fire and killed about five people there, including Ryan himself. Then, um, after they returned to the commune, uh, Jones directed over 909 people to commit suicide by ingesting a solution of Flavor-Aid, not Kool-Aid, that was laced with cyanide poison. Um, a lot of these people did not take it willingly. The children certainly did not. A lot of people resisted and were actually forced to drink it or were injected with the solution. Um, it was the greatest single loss of American life uh, until the September 11th attacks. So how did damn. we get here? <laughs> did you just say well, damn? Well, damn. how did we get here? And the days go by. And you know the terminology "drank the Kool Aid" is here to that day. It is still used to this day. Like this is how big and disturbing an event this was that we have this in our American lexicon. And Um, Flavor Aid was never the same. (laughs) 
This is so fucked <laughs> of you to say. Why did you I mean, say these things? But though, to it be is fair to Flavorade, Flavorade, it's has been co-opted. I don't know how. I think that maybe it was via misreporting or people misremembering Flavorade as Kool-Aid. But Kool-Aid has gotten a bad rap as the poison drink. That's yeah. not true. The poison true. drink was Flavorade. Was Flavorade. We was gotta flavor- be clear here. <laughs> right. It was when you you gotta say drink the Flavorade, not the Kool-Aid. Yeah, you gotta say drink yeah. the well, Flavorade. Well, it's also like brand recognition, right? Because that's the more yeah. popular. Who knows fucking Flavorade? It's right. Kool-Aid, I've never, bro. I've never even had flavor. It's fl- wait, hold on. I need to look this up. Is Flavorade a? Okay, wait. So that's just the. Is this is just, just like, like a, a Walmart like a generic brand or something? Term or no? Okay, it's a. <laughs> on Wikipedia, there's a section for the Jonestown massacre. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. No, that's so fucked up. That's such a bummer if your brand. Yeah, we should probably move back out of the topic. I apologize. Yeah. We should, around, we, I should not work on my. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm working on my type five about Kool Aid. Sorry, Fitch. You, we can't finish this you, episode now. <laughs> do you put. I Brief aside, do you think that if you were running the company, do you put the Jonestown Massacre in your official history on the website? Or no, somebody, somebody is like trying to edit that off like every month like the hardest working PR guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. you look at the, the like Wikipedia records of it and once a month it's um, you know fact gets removed by by mis- like like anonymous author and then another author adds it back on and says tried to be removed again is factual <laughs> <laughs> you you check the IP address and it's it's at the Flavor 8 corporate headquarters guys guys yeah. we've been losing it since the oh I I I, uh, I just I don't I, I don't know how I can look my kids in the eye and tell them that the family drink Flavorade, the recipe for which we've had since the 1800s, <laughs> is safe to drink. And I, I can't live with myself. This, um, that's gotta suck if you're if you're if you are running Flavorade. I kind of feel bad for you because yeah, your feel... drink is now kind of forever associated with mass suicide which speaking of uh hey finch mass suicide uh lots of dead people you can look up the pictures if you want actually actually tragic jokes aside and tragic enough that the phrase drink the kool-aid is kind of offensive like the book kind of sold me on not using it anymore yeah like it it is we kind of underscore how how much of a tragedy this is and also like this is a lot of people died because of the f- insane machinations of a guy who was so burnt out from drug use and mm. high on his own supply of ego that it, it caused this horrifying loss of life of mostly like people of color and people who came yeah. from marginalized backgrounds who trusted him. Um, yeah. The, part of the reason that the, that phrase specifically I find I've started to find offensive and kind of what the author argues as well is that like it, it treats the people who died at Jonestown and you know a, as like not as just like mindless agents that did shit but that's like not how this stuff works you know it wasn't just them being mindless actually a lot of there were a lot of people that resisted drinking the Kool-Aid and that's part of why I find that phrase gross now is because it's like saying someone's mindless even though the the thing it's referencing has like children who didn't even know what they were drinking 
and shit like that happening. However, they had more agency than it uh then the figure of speech kind of acts like right it, they they had agency and it, it was it was a very specific process of like linguistic trickeries that anybody could fall for oh yeah that led that situation into happening so let's uh we were going to kind of get into the, those linguistic right uh, you know well what we language. have to yeah the factor we have to consider uh when talking about the establishment of the People's Temple and the chain of events that led to 918 people dying. Most of them were in Jonestown, but, you know, several died at the nearby airstrip at uh, Port Kaituma. And then a another group uh, actually died at a temple-run building in Georgetown. That all, um, that all said, uh, how did we get here? Um... Well, we have to, one, first talk about the opportunity that Jones had during this time. He was in a time of a lot of, you know, social and political turmoil. You know, in the 1960s, we had the Vietnam War. We had the Civil Rights Movement. We had political unrest left and right. A lot of people were very unsatisfied by these institutions that they were brought up um, They were brought up in, you know, even, you know, establishment Christianity. In the modern world, every single established religion that had the ball fumbled it. People were looking for new new ways of finding meaning in their lives because they did not find, like, mainstream Christianity, which was really, a lot of these churches were sitting on their hands while this stuff was going down. And some weren't. The black churches were very, very... Um, you know, engaged with the civil rights movement and actively fighting for, um, you know, their rights and the rights of others. Um, but you had, like, a lot of establishment white churches and a lot of just regular churches who were sitting on their hands while this was going on. And people were unsatisfied by that. Um, so Jones comes along and he gives a very idealized version of his institution. And... This is where we get to the linguistic tactics he was using. Because he was very, very good at switching his language around um, to appeal to whoever he was talking to. So, Jones studied a lot of different speakers. Uh, people who were, people ranging from Adolf Hitler, yes, the Adolf Hitler, the genocidal dictator, to Father Divine, who was a prominent Christian preacher. So he sort of had an idea of how to talk to different types of people. He switched his language around to appeal to whoever he was speaking to. If his audience were socialists, he could invoke a more socialist angle. If a uh, Christian, he could act like a preacher. He knew all the cadences of sort of a charismatic preacher to get people to really, you know, feel the spirit through them. And in that way, he could, like, sort of combine the two of them. In that way, he very effectively did use the Gospels to preach socialism, to grab more people in, and to get people to believe in his own hype. You guys understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. So that was how he drew people in. And then he used language to keep them in. Because Jim Jones, and I actually think that we actually had a conversation on the Mammon Burke Discord, because... Jim Jones, uh, about this actually, because Jim Jones partook in a lot of different power plays. We did talk a lot about the verbal and psychological abuse he would put people through. Um, as I said before, the young girls he forced to strip in front of an entire congregation. But he also utilized language and speech and, you know, really disturbing actions to kind of solidify his ideology in the 
minds of his followers, especially in terms of establishment Christianity and kind of making himself the center of the universe. One of the things he often did, um, I've seen people sort of argue different motivations for his actions around this. I know last podcast on the left uh, sort of um, argued he was kind of approaching these linguistic terms from sort of an atheistic angle, and that's what he believed. By the way, if you have not, uh, last podcast on the left has a three, four-part series on Jonestown, uh, which I highly recommend if you want a deep dive into this cult and how it works. Um, give it a They're listen. They're much more detailed than than kind of this cursory look into the broad strokes of, of the People's Temple and Jones. Exactly. Um, so Jim Jones would often say to forsake the god in the sky and, like, look at the god within. And I believe, like, some people were sort of like, oh, well, he didn't really believe. I think Jim Jones really believed in himself up until the end. Um, mm-hmm. When he was saying forsake the god of the sky, he would sometimes go out onto the stage and rip a Bible apart and scatter it. And then he would say, uh, look to the god within, listen to the god within. And, like, gesture at himself. And that was his way of solidifying in his followers' heads that the Christianity of the outside was an impure, corrupted Christianity that had nothing to offer them. The only Christianity was his Christianity. It was his belief system. He was God to them. And so he was sort of using this sort of loaded language and tactics to sort of draw people more in. uh, and, And to get people to believe his hype. You get what I'm saying here, don't you, Josiah? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is sort of an editorial note, is that he very much speaks in a way that his words really burn into your heads. Yeah, you've you've mentioned this before, um, especially with some of the death tape quotes or whatever. Yes, and so we are going to get to that right now. Content warning, there is going to be some very disturbing audio played. Yeah, um, or just for the rest of this episode, honestly. <laughs> if, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, if the, the talk of mass suicide already didn't scare you off, um, it does get be better. More talk, yeah, there's going to be more talk of mass suicide. So, yes. So, uh, while the People's Temple were gearing up for their suicide and actually did start killing people. Uh, Jim Jones recorded one last sermon. It was sort of his, uh, you know, swan song. He was, you're going to hear a lot of loaded language in this. He often will say things like revolutionary suicide, which he is completely misquoting here. That was revolutionary suicide in the term that he is using does not mean that. Uh, revolutionary suicide was a term that meant, um, you know, if you're you know, rushing towards police you m- and carrying the flag, you may be shot down, but then somebody will come up behind you and ke- keep pushing forward until you finally meet your goal, right? It's a terminology for revolution. But Jim's, Jim Jones creates that to mean, uh, you know, literal suicide. But he is, like, adding power to that. So what we're going to hear, uh, we're going to listen to here is a few clips from the infamous death tape. It is a very disturbing. Another warning. It is a lot of people dying and Jim Jones kind of trying to urge them along. Uh, so let's give it a listen. How very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you 
the good life. But in spite of all of that I've tried, a handful of our people with their lives have made our life impossible. There's no way to detach ourselves from what's happened today. Not only we're in a compound situation, not only are there those who have left and committed the betrayal of the century, some have stolen children from others and they're in pursuit right now to kill them because they stole their children. And we, we are sitting here waiting on a powder keg. I don't think this is what we want to do with our babies. I don't think that's what we had in mind to do with our babies. It was said by the greatest of prophets from time immemorial, no man lay, takes my life from me, I lay my life down. Uh, oh yeah. god! Yeah, oh, intense, boy. intense opening monologue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see a lot of loaded language that he uses here already. Um, mm -hmm. Committed the betrayal of the century. A son yep. stolen children away. We're sitting on a powder keg, and then like he uses sort of like you know very religious language here when he's like the greatest of prophets from time immemorial. You know, I believe that's scripture, is that not? Kind of like making, like, what they're about to do sort of this, you know, holy act. Um, now we go on to... Uh... I'm telling you just as plain as I know how to tell you, I've never lied to you. I never have lied to you. I know that's what's going to happen. That's what he intends to do. And he will do it. He'll do it. Fortunately, being so bewildered with many, many pressures on my brain, seeing all these people behave so treasonous, it was just too much for me to put together. But uh, uh, I now know what he was telling me, and it'll happen. If the plane gets in the air, even. So my opinion is that we be kind to children and be kind to seniors and take the portion like they used to take in ancient Greece and step over quietly because we are not committing suicide. It's a revolutionary act. We can't go back. They won't leave us alone. They're now going back to tell more lies, which means more congressmen. And there's no way, no way we can survive. Mm. Mm. It's a revolutionary act. All right, let's stop there. Uh, so, oh, Christ. Uh, this never yeah. gets easy to listen to. Yeah. So. Right, he's just like... It's worse because he's just like such a creep. Uh, he uh, sounds. I, I don't know if we we haven't said it, but he sounds so blazed out too. He does, like, and he's slurring his words. But you see, he he's misappropriating uh, the term revolutionary suicide there. Yeah, yeah. and that kind of concept. Well, and I think there's a particular irony in a dark, like fucked up way. To affect that he is using something like because uh, when we talk when you talk about revolutionary suicide even pre like kind of um, the the revolutionary suicide like kind of phrase being used in the you know civil rights era kind of like you were referencing but just like the concept of committing suicide as a revolutionary act is primarily a thing among like slave resistance and you know part of that being like if you're not going to give me control over my body I'm taking my body from you. You know, like, fuck you. Right. And, but, but that's, that's what's horrifying to me about this. I don't know. This kind of dark irony is he drags a bunch of 
uh, people who has, you know, like are come from this, this history of oppression, but, and then like tries to use that against them by dragging them into a former colonized setting again. It, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's just, there's a weird fucked up, I don't know, fucked upness to that. On to the next clip, uh, in which he says that, uh, Somebody, I believe, suggests that, um, what about, like, us going and hiding to the Soviet Union, and he kind of, uh, shuts down that idea very quickly. So let's listen. Is it too late for Russia? Here's why it's too late for Russia. They killed. They started to kill. That's why it makes it too late for Russia. Otherwise, I'd said, Russia, you bet your life. But it's too late. I can't control these people. They're out there. They've gone with their guns, and it's too late. And once we kill anybody, at least that's the way I've always... I've always put my lot with you. If one of my people do something, it's me. And they say, I don't, I don't have to take the blame for this, but I, I, don't, I don't live that way. They said, deliver up Ujara, who tried to get the man back here. Yajara, whose wife, mother has been lying on him and lying on him and trying to break up this family, and they've all agreed to kill us by any means necessary. You think I'm going to deliver them, Yajara? Not on your life. No. All right. Pause there. Yep, so that was uh, Christine Miller, who I believe is the only person who really stood up to Jones that, um, that day. She um, She's heard multiple times throughout the recording, uh, and he does shut her down very quickly kind of gives sort of a hopelessness to the situation, to these followers, right? And, and and he's sort of also putting the onus on them where he's saying, like, I've always put my lot with you, right? If one of my people do something, it's me. And even the, there's something interesting there, even then, at this point, where I... Isn't Leo Ryan's dead at this point, right? Yes, Leo Ryan is dead at this point. Yeah, at, the, at this point, Leo Ryan is dead. Like, even at this point, where Jones has, like, a... a something that we're leaving out from the story there was a weird chemist that he had in the back with his lover making the flavor a like while this is happening he has orchestrated all of this and even then the he can't even have any accountability for himself he's putting this like it was you i put my lot in with you this is what your actions are my actions it's not really my fault i'm just so I, I'm just so, so loving, I'm so empathetic that, you know, I, I take the burden from from you onto me. Right. Y- you mm-hmm. know, ba- you know, Batman, my you know, actions are really just your actions, and, 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 and again, we're in this together. Oh, Jesus Christ, Phil, really? Joker voice in the middle of this? Um, uh, I just want In the middle of a death tape? Yeah, in you're, the middle of it, really, you, Phil? We're not um, so different, you and I. Okay, Phil. Um... But, no, and, like, he also just keeps using that language of fear, doesn't he? Because he, he keeps saying, like, they're trying to break up this family, they've guilt, they've agreed to kill us by any means necessary. Like, he's really just trying to make these people feel trapped. And, and he just working. does that. Yeah. It's he hot, reinforces it's, you're it. crowded together with a bunch of people. You know something's happened. This senator who's just come, uh to to jonestown to sort of observe all of this it's like it, it the the situation already is a powder keg that's a, already feels like 
about to burst and Mm -hmm. he's talking about that the like the federal government is at their doorstep they're going to come and take their children away away they're going to tear apart this thing that they've known like yeah it's 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 he's like he's saying it constantly right he, he he's constantly re- and uh, something we did leave out was that one of his guys was supposed to commandeer one of the airplanes and like crash it into the jungle and that was going to be like their signal that is so stupid and extravagant and evil it doesn't surprise me because like that this kind of fits with this archetype of like the specifically the kind of person that Jim Jones was, uh, it doesn't surprise me that he wants this to go. He wants to go out as, I guess, as cinematically as possible. As cinematically, yeah. I mean that's like li- like killing a, like Leo Ryan all like this is all just uh, pumping him up. And I mean like this is a thing with like cult leaders do right is that when they make themselves the center of the universe when they are sort of like threatened in the way Jones was their mentality is well I'm the center of everything and if I go down then everybody else needs to go down with me because like what other you know mm-hmm. uh, we should we should keep moving we're yeah um, we should keep moving yeah. all right so yeah. thirty six forty one is a very disturbing clip uh, and it kind of shows Jones's preacher speak up until the end in the way he was able to sort of mimic cadences of Christian preachers um, this is a very disturbing clip this is when his wife Marceline Jones starts to see the children of the um, of the Jonestown um, settlement getting murdered, uh, getting uh, basically the cyanide flavorade sort of squirted into their mouths. Super content warning. Here is the super content warning. This isn't like, listen, I'm being serious right now. Like, child murder is about to be depicted. Yeah, Uh, I've listened to this tape before. The tape never gets easy to listen to, but this part in particular, when I heard it, just, it's kind of haunted me. Um, If... Completely fine if you skip it, but here we yeah. go. Ch- yeah. Child murder. Just, and, uh, just be aware. Three, three, two, one. Mother, 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 please. Mother, please, please, please. Don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Get down your life with your child, but don't do this. Free at last. Sorry, that's enough. That's enough, yep. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And when he says free at last, Jesus. It's, yeah. And you you wrote down this in the notes, and this was, and this is kind of where it kind of ties into the whole culty language stuff in the broader rhetorical way. Was that, that, um, just like the way he repeats and says the things he says just has a kind of, I don't know, sing-songy, gets stuck in your head, kind of. Yeah, and burns kinda, into your um, brain. Because I remember yeah, there was it, an interview with one of the survivors, and like that's what they most clearly remember is him saying that, mother, 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 please. Yeah. It's the way that he says it, like that cadence. Even where, like how, look, you if you haven't listened to the to the audio you're skipping it i understand but i i encourage you to to at least understand this jones sounds blasted he he sounds yeah, like he's, he's kind of like speaking the best way i could describe it if you're not listening to the tapes or you're skipping those parts he's talking like this he's he's like when he when he says things he's talking like this and he's talking like 
He's just like free at last, mm. free at last. Just kind of like also mm. like slurring his words same, too. Yeah, right. he's like yeah. he's like free at last, free at last. Like he's like saying stuff like that. Yeah, like this mm-hmm. monotone, and he but yet with that little sing song cadence and God, it's and, that when you combine well, that it, with oh man. Yeah, well, and, and I think Finch, uh, I you know, has brought this up before. I don't remember if this was earlier in the episode or not, but like, what the context of him saying the mother please thing was? He's trying to stop. What is it? One of the one of the moms who who's decided not to. His oh, his wife, wife. wife right? That's is right. trying to like fight the guards to try and yeah, stop and he's the just like poisoned. yeah, and so the thing I'm always hit with is like his his tone of voice works on me because I register. When I don't register what's actually happening and trust his voice, I think, oh, fuck, he's disappointed in me. Fuck, right. that sucks. You know, like, it, he, the way he talks has that kind of loaded, um, oh, come on, don't do this. You know, right. we're, you know, it, it feels like a, um, like a disappointed you know, yeah, patriarchal parent. figure who's disappointed. Yeah, like. Josiah, yeah, you're killing me when you do that kind of stuff, Josiah. Just yeah, I start me. breaking it, 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 down into tears every time Phil it's, does it's, this. There, there's something, there's something just like the way that he's not inflict. Which Jim Jones, like through all the accounts we know, he, when he got mad, it was explosive. But right. there's something mm-hmm. about the specific way that he's using this monotone to have that edge of patriarchal like disappointment in someone who's made a mistake which is how he's bringing and how other people are reacting to it because they're it's almost like a hypnosis where you're being Mm -hmm. lulled into into like the final act that this guy has constructed around the narrative of his life it's Mm -hmm. it's fucking sucks dude yeah it's bad Um, all right we got two more let's do the next one yeah Alright, the 37 oh mark in that he is right. kind, he's trying to assure people, I guess, or justify it uh, more likely as the children are dying. So, content warning. Ready? Again. Three, content warning. Three, Three, two, one. It's never been done before, you say. It's been done by every tribe in history. Every tribe facing annihilation. All the Indians of the Amazon are doing it right now. They refuse to bring any babies into the world. They kill every child that comes into the world because they don't want to live in this kind of a world. So be patient, be patient. Death is, I tell you, I don't care how many screams you hear, I don't care how many anguished cries. Death is a million times preferable to 10 more days of this life. If you knew what was ahead of you, if you knew what was ahead of you, you'd be glad to be stepping over tonight. Death, death, death is common to people. In the Eskimos, they take death in their stride. Let's be dignified. Let's be dignified. If you quit, tell them they're dying. You, if you adults would stop some of this nonsense, adults, 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 I call on you to stop this nonsense. I call on you to quit exciting your children when all they're doing is going to quiet rest. I call on you to stop this now. If you have any respect at all. Are we black, proud, and socialist, or what are we? Now stop this nonsense. Don't carry this on anymore. You're exciting your children. All over, and it's good. No, no sorrow that it's all over. I'm glad it's over. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's been done uh, by every tribe in um, history. I, I, God, I wish that it was only Jim Jones that died. <laughs> <laughs> 
That yeah. would have been the best outcome. But it's from been all done this. by every tribe in history. I it's, mean, like that's the such way a he... evil fucking. Oh god, this is yeah. so evil. It's so and like the way he it's like he just like saying like oh all the tribes are doing and the way he like describes death right and mm-hmm. like quite rest like, quite rest ca- yeah quite rest I don't care how many screams you hear death is a million times more preferable like that's it's horrific it's very. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are we not black socialists and proud? Like fuck you, fuck yeah. you. This piece of shit right. dragged these people at a time where they were just looking for somebody to help them, and and he drags them to the fucking jungle and lies to them to their face. He knows he's lying to them because he doesn't fucking believe in anything but himself. Right. That that you're the bad guy for being upset that your child is being poisoned in front of you and right. you don't want that to happen you're the that is there's like i i i wish that i had the words to properly encapsulate just how vile this mm-hmm. is and like how vile the fact that after he says this people clap like that he has broken these people brainwashing is not a thing but what he has done is he's made these people think he's the only friend that they've got that he's god effectively he is god on earth and he's the closest that they'll ever ever get to somebody looking out for them and this is what that is yeah and it's not like i need to go down it's we need to go down all of us. It's yeah. too much it's, of a fucking... Oh, God, this is... It's bad. All right, we got one more. We got one more. Yeah, yeah one more here. One more, then we don't have to listen to this again. Yes. No yeah. more jumps, right. please. Uh, this is... 4125. Uh, three, two, one. He doesn't want to tell him. All he's doing, if they will tell him, is sure these children... Some people assure these children of the relaxation of stepping over to the next plane. We've set an example for others. We've set 1,000 people who say we don't like the way the world is. Take our life from us. We laid it down. We got tired. We didn't commit suicide. We committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world. That's good. Um, you know what I hate yeah, the I, most about that clip? Yeah. I I hate I hate the reference. I I specifically hate how he uses Christ saying that the world like doesn't love us as its mm-hmm. own. Like we are not of this world, which I is a very it's a very prof- it's one of the most profound and like metaphysical things said in scripture. Because it's Christ telling us that the world does not love us as our own and that we are outcasted from it by doing holy actions. They're not of this world. They're of the kingdom of God. And that's where Christ's concerns are. This is a complete, like... Twisting of it, that. It's not only a complete twisting, but it's like it's a horrible, blasphemous version of it that is basically him saying, like, well, of course they hate us. They hate us, and you know what? We might as well just all kill ourselves because of it. And it's just I, like, I don't think it's... I'm, I'm saying much controversial here by saying... I, I think that Jim Jones is probably one of the closest equivalents to the Antichrist. Oh, yeah. Uh, that we've, we've, we've had in, in, like, that very specific way of... Obviously, you know, 
in my personal opinion on who are antichrists, uh, it, it, it would be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pastors, a lot of priests, bishops, uh, grifters, but this shit is like, it's specifically taking the language of hope and salvation and liberation and twisting it to mean you should die with me. And that is yeah. so evil. Like, it this is. is so evil. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say, uh, you know, you said I'm going to say something that's not controversial. My, I'm going to say something that's more controversial, but probably not to our listeners. Evangelicals use these same talking points, actually, like a lot. Um, and, and it's interesting cause this is, this has like these, this quote specifically has got me reflecting on just my upbringing a bit, but the, the use of the verse that Phil brought up specifically the, like the world will hate you. I heard that so fucking much growing up because it was an explanation for why evangelicalism needed to segment itself off from the rest of society. You know, and like and create its own culture. Never what it meant, and, and never it's not, what it means. Yeah, it's it's you know. Well, there's a degree to, of that that would be true. For instance, like if segmenting myself off of society means refusing to get drafted, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's a choice to segment myself off. But that's what it means. You know what I mean? Like that by by resisting evil in the world. You know, you, you are going to be rubbed the wrong, you know, you know rub the, the wrong people the wrong way. And, right. and, you know, if you're doing Christ's love, love pisses off the powers that are that be. However, like <laughs> this, you know, killing all your congregants is not love, you know, like. No, it's no. this is one of the most uh, satanic acts in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is up there with. Every every mass atrocity, this should be treated as that. Like this is this should not be treated as a joke. Like this is an example of of one of the most tragic events perpetuated by a fucking egomaniac who was so blitzed out of his mind, his brain was melting out of his ears. Fucking Muppet looking motherfucker. (laughs) Whether you believe in it like Um, an embodied Satan or like a Satan Satan is like yeah, it, whether you believe in, like, an embodied saint... Well, F- Finch and I are the Catholics in this regard. Not that I'm Catholic, but my my view falls along with Catholic teaching in this. Uh, we, but Jones yeah. is of the devil, regardless of what your tradition has to say about the devil. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we should move on to something slightly more fun. Not really, but it is about <laughs> space <laughs> This one, Yeah, this one's not going to be sad at all. Yeah, this one's well, going to have far less suicide. Well, I mean, yeah, Josiah, you were the one who selected these prime clips. Uh, would you like to make an introduction? Oh, so I can blame you for this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I... yeah. This is what... Oh, I... oh, that's right. I only got two out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're talking about Heaven's Gate. Um, and yeah, yeah, we're, we, we, like, this is the, from the, the Apple white recruitment video. Is that what you had me yeah. listen to? Um, so um, yeah. yeah, you need, you want a little background, like very brief background on Heaven's Gate since we spent so much time on Jonestown. Um, yeah, actually, would you feel more comfortable pitching that? Cause I, I'm not sure I feel as comfortable pitching. I'm not sure I remember every detail here. Um, I, I know a little bit about uh, Heaven's yeah. Gate if you want me to give a, a sort of Yeah, I I, I I read the book, but I'm not like I don't I don't read up on cults as much as Go I Go ahead, Jackal, you, you have the floor. Yeah, Finch, uh, i after this episode I'm gonna put a ban on you uh, researching cults for a little while. I <laughs> you I've effectively bubbed out. Um, uh. <laughs> so Heaven's Gate, for those of you who don't know 
but let's be honest, you do, was a was a part of the new religious movements of the 19... Uh, well, it started, like, in the 70s. Um, sem- like, 70s, 80s, and it as it moved forward, it was started by Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Now, something that you should know about Marshall Applewhite. One, he is very intense eyes. Two, he originally began his life uh, as a music teacher. A pres- he was the son of a Presbyterian minister, very, very religious, and he was also bisexual. And the reason why that ties in is that he struggled with his sexual identity and his religion for most of his adult life up until he met the woman known as Bonnie Nettles. Um, Cutting out a lot, I recommend that there is a podcast called Cults that did a pretty good breakdown of uh, the life of Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite specifically. A lot of stuff that went in their lives influenced what happened later in Heaven's Gate, but um, Bonnie Nettles was a nurse who he... White met her when he was in the hospital for something. I can't quite remember what it was. But he was in the hospital, they met, and there was some unholy attachment that happened between the two where they would later on go to proclaim that they were the two of the they were the two witnesses of revelation otherwise known as the two and they of believed course. in of course uh we're gonna get to a lot of stuff that all of us <laughs> believe in stuff, right definitely yeah we're 100 um, percent sold on this he's totally right yep uh-huh uh-huh aliens jesus it all makes sense exactly Amen. so as 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 philippa has implied so the point of a uh, Heaven's Gate, they were a monastic group that believed. Oh right, in complete, we all have to cut off our um, balls at like. I was gonna get nine. to that, but I believe that it was chemical <laughs> castration. Philip. Yeah, it was chemical oh. it was castration, a... also voluntary. That's so I know that. boring. That's so boring. <laughs> oh, you're gonna say it's fucking boring? Okay, never mind. We're gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't open oh, that so door. Oh, so you? Oh, closing that door immediately. Oh, we're not talking about Phil, that. No, thirty-nine I, people no. died. We're not talking about that. We're closing that door. Um, So Heaven's Gate, uh, in terms of what they believed, because look, this is what you want to know. They were ostensibly a strange combination of Christian millenarism, New Age, and UFOlogy. So the group believed that uh, they were going to be biologically and chemically transformed into aliens. It would be transported above spacecraft that would come to Earth and take them to heaven via the Hale-Bopp Comet. Um, well, that's where the event that <laughs> we're going to talk and about. And then heaven in. was like a planet instead of like a metaphysical state. Yeah, or like yeah, it, plane was a, of existence. it was a specific planet. Um, and that like you can that there was like the Bible was a, was read through the lens that like it was contacting aliens. So uh, Benny Nettles died of cancer uh, at some point in the eighties, and then it was all up to Marshall Applewhite to lead it. Um, yep. And they referred to, to dying as like going to the next level that you were officially. Yeah, and- um, like tra- you, you were again there, yeah. yeah you you're... were exiting your vessel, and which... you were getting to the evolutionary level above human. Uh, which, which, real quick, all the alarm bells of some of those cultish things we just talked about should just be going off, and everything, yeah. everything that, that I'm talking about should immediately make you go, oh, because, because no. oh, no, not, no, not no, just, no. not just like, and not just that it's like, oh, the beliefs are crazy or whatever, which is true. Like we're we're getting a laugh out of that, but also like, think of the language like instead of death, you say what was it, uh, exiting, exiting the body, your vessel, yeah, exiting your vessel, like you know, you, you get like. 
you're already seeing these these like the jargon the innuendos the stuff like that mm-hmm. they're also um, like yeah apple white was very and i i'm sorry to editorialize here at jackal but apple white was very much using the, that sort of in speak like throughout their time at the Heaven's Gate compound, oh, because he'd refer so to certain. I, I wrote this in my notes. He refer to certain rooms in that compound as like parts of the spaceship um, to sort oh, of yeah. like prepare his followers. He even had his followers, you know, Applewhite and Nettles change their names to T and Doe, and he yep. had his followers change their names to sort of lose their sense of self as well. As well. Also, why they dressed so like in that fucking goofy uniform so was this so is, that like they, they lost out their in the individuality book. so they um, point this out in the book so a lot of people assumed that in heaven's gate that the uniforms were picked out for a very specific reason but this is funny how people like ascribe meaning to like some some of the weirder details to kind of like get more out of the story but to be honest scholarship has shown like research has shown that the the basically they selected the jumpsuits because they were cheap and he got yeah. a good deal on them. And the same for, like, the Nike shoes that they were all but wearing. They were it's a very so fucking weird. Time. Jumpsuits and Nike shoes. He just got a great shoes. deal on them in bulk. Well, it's just, he got you know, he a got great a kick deal on them. No, he, he got, like, an excellent deal. And they were just like, <laughs> got man, a, he, he so saved cheap. a whole bunch with those. Yeah, he got um, an excellent... I also want to quickly... quickly the, I think this ties in great with the overall thesis that Finch has been putting forward. They were officially against suicide. And they define suicide in a very specific context. They believe that suicide was to turn against the next level when it is being offered. And believe that their human bodies were only vehicles meant to help them on their, ju- their, on their journey. Suicide would be not allowing the consciousness to leave the human body to join the next level on the spaceship. Remaining alive mm. was suicide. Remaining alive is suicide. That yeah, all of the alarm bells just, <laughs> just going off all at once. All right. Well, you have some selection for us to listen to, Josiah. Yeah, you're gonna I, make I just... me go to the Heaven's Gate website. Fuck no, 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 no. which is I, still I, active yeah, yeah. and maintained I'll, I'll send to this it. day. I'll send it. Here's the YouTube. You don't have to go to the website. Here's the YouTube video. The idea that I've managed to avoid going to to the fucking Heaven's Gate website my entire life. I, I gotta say, it's pretty badly designed. That that it is, is like it is like I strain the website. I gotta say, graphic <laughs> so, design was their passion. I want you all to yeah. know that the so because of this, the the sneakers, the Nike decades are so rare because Nike discontinued the the line. Because of the Heaven's Gate incident, they just refuse to make any more Nike Decades. So mm. if you look online right now, like you just type Nike Decades into eBay, they can go for anywhere from $6,000 to $12,000. I just saw one for, yeah, yeah. Some Nike de- If any listeners have some Nike Decades, you are in for a payday, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. But, no, no. And I'm it's putting solely that, I'm putting from that association no, no. with Heaven's well, Gate. Well, I'm not saying I'm I... gonna buy them. I'm saying that, like, they could, like, just put them on online. Okay, I thought on that you eBay. were about to say no! that, we, that, boy, do we have a deal for you. No, 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 no,
<laughs> all right, go to 320. All right, everybody go to the video. Not so much of a content warning here, but if you watch the video, boy, this guy's eyes are fucking something. He's so scary. Okay, three, two, one, play. If I would title this tape, it would be Last Chance to Evacuate Planet Earth Before It Is Recycled. Last Chance to Evacuate Earth Before It Is Recycled. And you can stop there. Cause, um, so that's like, you know, that's what this gets titled on YouTube. So you guys probably, you know, saw the quote before you heard it. But I like wanted to... I, I wanted to pause on the quote because I think the the quote is an insane thing to hear if you don't know their beliefs. Like saying last chance to evacuate planet Earth um, before we're already, all recycled. Before it's recycled is an insane like sentence, right? Because you, you you know it's it's loaded already with a bunch of with a bunch of kind of jargon and in speak. Because like why is this the last chance? Why do I need to evacuate? the planet what does it mean to evacuate the planet and what do you fuck do you mean the earth is about to get recycled like so that... i i can i can give a little bit of detail uh, yeah so here's a little bit of uh, into some of the theology as to what they believed they believe that uh evil space aliens called luciferians uh who oh were god falsely representing themselves to earthlings as god they were keeping humanity from developing uh, so these were technically advanced humanoids. Uh, they had spacecraft, time travel, telepathy, longevity, used holograms to fake miracles. They, they were carnal beings with gender, and they stopped training. They stopped us from training uh, the, in, in the kingdom of God thousands of years ago. They believed that all existing religions were corrupted by these malevolent aliens, and that what was going to happen soon was that uh, Earth was going to be recycled. It was going to be uh, like, it, it, yeah, it was going to be recycled via the Hale-Bopp comma. And if you wanted to escape this, you had in order to get to that next level, a weird version of the Rapture. If you want to think about it, there were you had to specifically do what they did, which is kill so themselves. My question is, Jackal, what what does recycling mean in this context? That the world will essentially be reset? essentially yeah kind of like i don't i don't know if they specifically went to like what the process was but it was that like the earth was going to go through like an, an apocalyptic reset and if you want to escape that if you want to escape the reset and you wanted to ascend to the next level you needed to do this um there were those were the techniques of reaching the next le level um, you need a physical pickup onto a Telus spacecraft and transfer to the next level body aboard that craft. Um, it was a UFO version of, of uh, it was a UFO version of the Rapture. Or you can die an accidental death or death from random violence. Here, like your body, your soul is graduated for what happened. Otherwise. There was, of course, the willful exit from the body. Yay! That's what happened on March 22nd and the 23rd, when 39 members died by suicide and graduated. Don't try this at home, kids. Oh no, my god, Phil. No, of death. Um, no, things like um, death. yeah. Um, things like so death. That, that's, so when, I, when I'm talking about that stuff, Tella 
graduating to the next level. I hope that like the alarm bells are ringing in your head that these are words that even from that clip that was played, you can kind of see that and the way that Applewhite is talking, it's so calm. He's so calm. He's so like the way that he talks about the recycle of planet Earth is so it feels so genuinely fearful for everyone around him. Like it 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 feels like somebody who's earnestly trying to warn and to warn you about something. He is so sincere. There's something there's something interesting about that Jones was so cavalier about it, almost like him convincing you to die was no big deal. He was like, oh, you know, like, I don't know. Jones was, like, kind of dismissive and cavalier, but Applewhite seems very sincere and very, like, afraid, mm-hmm. which but is an interesting dichotomy. That That is interesting. Uh, to, to kind of pull it toward the, the cultish discussion a little more, like, one thing I, I'm thinking about, too, is if you were, like, in your daily life got to a point that you are talking like this regularly, right? Where you're, you're talking about, well, you know, right now we're just in the time before we all, you know, before the earth gets recycled, you know, and you just say that all the time, like truly leaving this group is an alienating experience to be around others who do not think that way, you know, and this is, this is what like the cultish kind of, and our argument points to, and it's like, you, you can see this as well in like mod, more modern day apparitions of, you know, people argue about whether it's cult or not, but it's cultish, you know, in the like sense of the book, right? Is QAnon, um, you know, it's got the same thing. It begins to just alienate you from the people around you. It create the us versus them dichotomy isn't just like identifying the enemy. An enemy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also dividing you're... you from the rest of the world. You yeah, can't be a normal person after birthday party mm-hmm. more than just standing up on the table and being like, listen, I, not only did I go through chemical crack castration next week, but like, you know, also Earth's about to be recycled and I'm part of this group. Anti, anti. So I got you their book for the Christ, for your birthday. You know, it, it's a gift for yeah, me. You, you, th- th- you this just is can't not a live as a normal person. Too. Yeah, and and this is kind of like, you know, as we get to, to talking about Christian nationalism here, and we're going to move that direction in a second, like, I can speak to the evangelical forms of this and say that this is exactly like, I don't know, this is exactly, wh- okay, this is why ex-evangelicals are annoying on Twitter. This is why we all get, a, we become annoying, we ex-evangelicals, um, in the literal sense of just former evangelicals, because, like, you've just, you have a really alienating experience. It's really fucking hard to talk and relate to people. Because it's like, you know, what, what do you mean you don't know Adventures in Odyssey? You know, like like these weird, like, uh. cultural touchstones. You, it, you see what I'm saying, though? It creates a bubble, and then you just yeah. don't know how to interact with people outside. Well, it's, it. it's interesting you because know? I've seen, it's like, for me, a lot of, like, we've talked about this before, Josiah. Like, for me, a lot of Christian concepts that I grew up with were already kind of, like, orthodox. Like, I grew up with, like, a base liberal orthodoxy in the ELCA, which is, like, kind of... It, it was normal. Like, it was never weird. They mm-hmm. never tried to spin it in a weird way for the most part. There were some instances of, like, some evangelical influence, but I barely remember them, and they were not frequent. So I mostly right. got a normal experience. And I think talking to other evangelicals, like, former evangelicals, it, it's actually very difficult because they 
you you guys did not have a normal belief system. It, it is not a no. normal belief system, well, and it's very strange to kind of like come to that place over time. It, yeah, it's it's a form of programming because I even right now I'm I'm having this argument in my head because a part of me is like, well, yeah, but like. You know, yeah, also just being correct would look like not having a normal worldview because the world's so corrupt, you know, that as Christians, we shouldn't really. And I'm doing the same thing. It's just like starts doing it in my head. It's a script that I just kind of know that like, yeah, we, like yeah we're supposed to be separate from reaction. the world. Yeah, we're supposed to be separate from the world, obviously, which like there's a sense in which that's true, but it's not true in the way that my, you know, my head is wired to think about it as. Yeah, I want to note. To tie this in, there are two uh, former members of Heaven's Gate that are operating as the website the Tele yeah. Foundation. Yeah, they're operating. They're former members, but they still believe it because fuck, I don't know how you can act as a normal person after this. Like, I, yeah, yeah to be honest, yeah. it all your friends are gone. You know yeah. whether mm-hmm. they're you know whether they're actually at the Hellboff Comet. You know, in this belief system, you don't know for sure, but you believe that. So you just kind of, you're but the just Earth here wasn't as the cleanup crew. So it brings into doubt what mm-hmm. what Applewhite was saying. But they also did leave it purposefully vague as what recycling even means. Well, so it's kind yeah, of- yeah, but I would say the like the the apocalypse that doesn't happen though. This is okay. This is used in at least three different books I have read. So this is a cliche point, and I know I'm about to make it. But the Seventh-day Adventists is a really important thing to look at here. Yeah. Because there is a way in which a failed end times prophecy led to a whole denomination. Because people just didn't. They they had such a strong belief. You know, they went out and got ready and waited till the world ended, and it didn't happen. Oh, the camping people? Yeah, like yeah. Uh no, 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 no. Seventh That's Advent a different word. No, well, so camping was his own were, kind of like Yeah, that was more recent. Seventh day Adventists, why why that's worthwhile. So like they, they were founded in like this is like eighteen hundreds. Right. They predicted right. the end of the world. It didn't happen. And um the the there is now there is still a denomination of Christianity that is the Seventh day Adventists. And they are the, the lineage from that. So like, it doesn't kill a belief system for a belief system to get wrong in part because you, the language and the shit you pick up alienates you and it makes you sad. And it can also things. become like self-affirming and like, kind of like self-perpetuating, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, there were like every time, like the, you know, for like, you know, the branch Davidians, every time, like the end of the world didn't come, there was always like a reason behind it where the prophecy was off or, you know, during the sacking of the Davidian compound, David was like, please just give me, you know, one more time to, like, you know, transcribe God's final vision, which was basically just him buying time as they were being mm-hmm. sieged. You know, he's like, I need one final, like, revelation from God. I gotta, I gotta take on the bridge Davidians. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shitty flag. I- Really shitty it's flag. N- it's That's a very bad ominous vexology. Well, it's an ominous flag, right? Because it's the snake with the star in it. It's kind of ominous w- if you think about it. I if you're say, trying to be I- the good guy, don't do that. I mean, it's I giving like it's giving like Far Divinities. Cry. You know, like the Far Cry game where like it's a cult. Uh, it's giving. You know, that. yeah, maybe, yeah. That, so, huh. I mean, like I, I don't really... understand why they use the Scientology symbol when the snake with the star is right there. Like, it's not like what you think. What is the Branch Davidians gonna do? Are they gonna sue them? You're not gonna do that. 
What are the I, Davidians gonna do? Sue me? They, uh, they, I really they, they feel live in like, for, like what the... a, a tiny like Dutch colonial out in the middle of nowhere in Waco. Like the the five of them that still exist. So what what they're gonna like sue the video game company? Like, go go for it. Just use the British Davidian symbol. You I mean like the main guys. Th these are groups like, that you can no longer offend because most of them are because they are not alive. Alive. I do not care. For glory, I know that's the last thing that anyone would give to me on this planet. And I do not care for it, but I do care to glorify the level above human. I care to glorify my father who gave me life. It's hard for me to speak of that without weakening, as you can observe. Uh, uh, hey everybody, welcome back. So, uh, I want to note that in the notes for this episode, Finch has put, I forced Josiah to comb Twitter, trad accounts, as well as lootfash posting for in-speak and loaded language. So, uh, I feel, let's give a round of applause, uh, Everybody's the friend of the pod again. Everybody, everybody clap really for was. me. I was... It really, it really was like was... that scene in Chernobyl where, like, they forced that guy into the reactor. <laughs> Yeah. Just he comes came... back red faced and, and I was and I was like pretty bonkers high. Let's give when it doing in. this. So let's like, give it I'm up sure that for that the return of Mammon's favorite Corey like, Muller. <laughs> the exchange was like oh, I was just like because I was off Twitter because I was like oh it's too toxic. Um, but he was like. Oh. I was like, just, just you know, just comb through a few accounts, see what you can. He was like, and he he just texts back to me, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't really, know if I can I do this. That what you There's said. only like so much fash posting you can read before like your uh, brain rots out of your skull. Well, I don't yeah, know, because I, I, like I just went to Corey Mahler, who yeah. uh, a topic of a previous episode. By the way, go check out the Corey Mahler episode. It's called yeah. the Apostasy of Mammonberg. Yeah, good. no. Um, I'm I'm not making fun of you, but I found that very charming. Yeah, <laughs> but let's we could start yeah. here by saying like, and Corey is a guy I fucking loathe. I like. There's not many people I just fucking hate the way I hate Corey Muller. Like it, when and, you think of pond uh, scum, you like have fonder memories of the concept of pond scum than you right. do of Cory Mahler. So true, Phil. This man is scum. He is... This... Cory Mahler is a terrible human and, being. And to clarify... And, and man, to establish it's funny that, when he gets fucking dugged on. And to establish that, here's um, here's one of the, the... Some of the words that he uses to describe his various opponents. Let's start. Sodomite. All right. Check. We got Guilty. that one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Phil. Just, uh, of course, gotta yeah, thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Uh, um, we got communist communist propaganda. Uh, guilty yeah. again. Yeah, calling that. Uh, we have a slur. We can't. I don't think any of us can say that. None word. of us yeah. can say that word. That is a slur for trans people, Josiah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, so that's, that's destroy, that mutilate. A etc your body yep and don't say you don't say surgery you don't say anything like that you say that there's children and they're mutilating their bodies which but see that's that's an example of loaded language it's super loaded yeah uh fetish calling things fetishes when they're like you know just like oh, okay the accusation of fetishes happens quite a lot from the right to where like 
I don't know. I, I, I see this all the time where it's, it's, you know, gay people said they have a fetish, but even just like saying that communism is like a fetish of some sort. It's a like, fetish it's a very, for Karl yeah. Marx's delicious, delicious uh, original copy of Das Kapital, $194 right. really on eBay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, Phil. Bro. I was really concerned. Bro, that, Phil, that was like from. a, that was like a meta joke that only works if you listen to all of the show and have totally Which expected you, you about to say, you were totally about to say come. Like it was, you were <laughs> primed to say that. And I knew you were. If and- you have listened <laughs> to all of Mammonberg, if you have listened to everything, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that meta, that was a deeply meta that setting up an you. expectation for 80 episodes. <laughs> um, uh, he uses the term homosexual. Homosexual uh, gay. Yeah. Which, yeah, you know, just save on your it, word, like, you know, your syllable count, dickhead. Yeah. It's, just make it easier on yourself, syllables. okay? If you're going to be a weirdo. Um, accusations of pedophilia is like, that's, that's the next one on this. That's just like an ongoing non-stop right. thing on the still right. going on i'm sure that by the time whatever t- point in history you are listening to this episode they're still doing it mm-hmm. um the, the, now this was uh this was the fr- what phrase that i actually wanted to zoom in on a little bit because i had never seen this one and i actually googled it took a while do you guys know what all important narrative refers to no no, no. um the holocaust Oh. oh, it's the it's, you know, because because, you, oh, know, you know, you know, you know how you know how the Holocaust is fake, right? Mm. Right. right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's the all important narrative that everything always has to be about because the whole anti-white establishment, as we understand it, is built up around, you know, this belief in the Holocaust, the, that the thing that didn't happen. That's what it is. That is in group as shit talking. You know what I mean? Like I, I took me a while to figure that out. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, these are pretty straightforward after this, like based, you hear that on the right a lot. It's also based. internet lingo. Pure it's breed. become, you know, yeah. Purebred. Yeah. And then, you know, whites, they say, you know, like whites, blacks, it's, it's a very specific way of talking. That, you like, got I, the whites and the blacks yeah. and you don't put them in the same laundry because <sighs> the colors stain the whites. Okay. And... Okay, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, but that, that is essentially like the, the, the general idea and to tie it with like purebred, they, they don't want to spoil right. the gene pool. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I would love to spoil the gene pool. I'm already an aberration. So let's just make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Moving on from that. Um, so that's, that's uh Mammonberg character. Um, this fucking dip. That's your Mammonberg character of the week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right uh, back to, so I don't know what this is. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess the, the the weird Catholics. Yeah, the Sedevicontism yeah, and SX which are kind of in their own way the Catholic equivalent of the Branch Davidians. They are a schismatic group. They do not recognize Pope Francis as the Pope of Rome. They believe that the chair is empty and has been so since Vatican II. They are the biggest Nazis you will ever meet. Uh and they have the biggest they have Nazis. Very, they have their. They actually have way more specific in speak than I think even Corey Muller does, which is very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. There's is actually we got some choice ones. Much more intense. Yeah. So here's like okay. So like one of the first ones is really obvious here. It's just um uh, Bergoglio. Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Yes, um, Bergoglio. Yeah. So that which if you're not Catholic, 
and you're like, what is that? Now that's, you know, that is of course, uh, you know, Pope Francis's name before he took on Pope Francis. Cause they don't recognize Pope Francis. So he is not Pope Francis. He is Bergoglio. Yeah. I, I mean, there is um, a linguistically, there is a lot of power that comes from a title and them using mm-hmm. his pre, you know, Pope name kind of takes that power and away from him. Even more than that, shows. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skip down one real quick because I just want to put it next to it. Also, Rabbi Bergoglio is one I see a lot. Oh, God. I saw a lot, which is oh, for God's vile. Sakes. What the when, fuck? When, Come on. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. I don't have to explain the meaning of that one. It sounds like that was pretty quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we all figured that one out. <laughs> um, yeah. We got that, mental like, mental illness for gender identity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty typical that one. A lot of one, yeah. loaded language here I'm seeing because perverse, uh, following to damnation, idolaters, abortionists, very like medieval language. Yeah, which is- oh, abortionists is I think an is also a worthwhile one because nobody like nobody outside of a pro life and honestly pro life like Catholic schismatic like this kind of group. I oh maybe not, but like more more trad people will use the term abortionists. It's never right. somebody who's I haven't like heard that I'm pro abortion. Like- I love abortionists. Like, no one's saying that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, that. that's a very... It kind of... I feel like if you say that to someone who is not aware of what of what seeds are, they kind of... Re- they wouldn't understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a very specific... And like you said, like, it's all... Well, like what Finch said, it's all medieval sounding, which I guess for them is to sound that's more... That's intentional, medieval. probably. Yeah, they yeah. they idolize yeah. the medieval, medieval the medieval church, so the, it oh, makes yeah. sense for them to mi- use this you know medieval you know witch finder inquisitor language. Uh, well, and that's, that's actually why uh, I was I was gonna say, and and that that kind of medieval mentality, um, you know, is why like one of the things they're always harping on about is the society of Jacobins, which you know Jacobins of course represent modernity. They represent the revolutionary tradition, um, you know, so always harping the on the end that, to like yeah. traditional monarchy and feudalism, like the stuff that they yeah. want to come back. But but a I very was... like trad cath kind of narrative and specifically trad cath, I think, because I don't think you see this as much with uh, like protestant nazis or whatever they they harp on different things but but trad caths specifically are really zooming will are really like to zoom in on like the french revolution is where things really went wrong you know what i mean um uh jesuits that's a uh that's a classic oh that's a class yeah they that's not even just seeds either i that's other kinds of trad caths that's also like secular nazis too will use that too secular nazis kind of like protestant nazis Mm -hmm. um yep jesuits are just kind of like the the, checkmate nazis if you're a nazi it doesn't matter what your modifier is you're just a nazi there we go what you you could be a pagan the jesuits if you could be a pagan nazi you could be a protestant nazi i'll still kick your ass well i I mean like the reason they they use the jesuits as like the scapegoat because the jesuits are you know in recent years like one of the more progressive religious orders right yeah i I really appreciate the jesuits wait wait wait, let me finish let me finish phil they're really the you know intellectual uh order they are like the big social justice order we have daniel berrigan who was a very prominent peace activist and a jesuit 
right? So, mm-hmm. of course, that these guys are freaked out by the Jesuits in the way that evangelicals are. It's also that Jesuits have had a long history of being... The, the, them and the Masons have had a long history outside of Jewish people being scapegoated for conspiracy theories. Right. Yeah. You, if you go to, like, to an Alex Jones episode, in one of the groups that... If, you know, not uh, that are coalesced as the leaders of the new world order. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, one of the groups is Jesuits. There, yeah. it's a it's a classic conspiracy. Which, I I don't think that's fair at all to lump Jesuits in with you know Satan worshippers like the Freemasons. But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, the Freemasons if they, are problematic. I will have you, but it's mostly because they're boomers. I will. S- yeah, it, it's because a weird boomers. organization. I will say, I, I think it would be very funny to become a Mason and freak people out by sending them pictures of the ring. I mean, saying, <laughs> I, I know where you the are. Masons have a very, like, weird and, like, non-committal approach to religion guess, as an yeah. overarching, like, yeah, organization. Yeah, let's just keep going. Uh, apostate. That Obvious is pretty... Medieval uh, loaded language. Yeah. Inquisitor yeah. speak. Again, yeah. Homosexualist. Yeah, I like that one. Woo! That's so odd. That's like, I love really, that one. Because, no, but that is in speak, you know, because they're not just saying homosexual, they're saying homosexualist. Like, it's an ideology. Well, it yeah, means and, and, that and, I'm and, a professional. Yeah, you're a professional gay. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a professional homosexual. Yeah, it just means uh, you're a professional. Globalist. This is a new one. Globalist. Globalist. This is more modern for, for them yeah. in comparison with the rest but of the, very, their language. Very common um, among right-wing spears. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... I, I'm not surprised that they use it. It just seems, with, with the rest of like how medievalist their their language is, which obviously globalist is, you know, they're they're like standing for Jewish. That that's what that is. Mm-hmm. This one I've never heard this, but there's something kind of weirdly delightful about it. Homo heritage. Oh, I've heard yeah, I this love before. That one. It, that's more loaded language, I think, because like you're they're compounding two things that they have equated as bad: homo and yeah. heretic. You know, there's one I, I didn't write down. Their... One I didn't write down. That's on the that's on the uh, uh, the right a lot. That's a good combination of the previous two. Is of course Globo Homo, which right. is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I, right. But like as you can say, this is all in speak for them to recognize each other, and yeah, also to yeah. just kind of foster yeah. that fanaticism within their group. They're they are like thriving off of this culture of fear that they're like brewing for themselves. Right. You know, it's very us versus them. And, you know, even with Francis, they're, like, taking away his titles. They're they're being like, well, no, we don't take him seriously as a pope. And now we can do whatever we want. We can yeah. you know, use this medieval mentality on people who... And there's a specific person that you want to bring up, Finch. Um, James Altman, I yes, think. Yes, James Altman. And uh, <laughs> I was actually going to do an example here because I, I was writing him as James Altman. Oh, yeah, actually, I wrote this in my notes. Um... I'm com- uh, compare this to how like they refer to Francis as Bergoglio. You know, James Altman's official title is Father James Altman, but here I wrote it as Altman because mm. there's a lot of power in the title. If I take away like the title of Father, he kind of just sounds mm. like a lunatic, doesn't he? Especially when he says, you cannot be Catholic and a Democrat. But if you have the father in front of his name, then you think to yourself, oh, he's a Catholic priest. Mm, Maybe yeah, he's got you're, something you're, to say. 
Yeah, yeah. That maybe maybe this has some authority to it or something. Yes, maybe that this has authority. Do we want to listen to the video or do we want to uh, just kind of? Uh, I think we skip can just kind of you know go. Let's for listen it. to one or two clips, but not as many as these. I would say the first part. Uh, I'd say the fire of hell and the apocalyptic language are certainly the ones that we should listen to. There is an incredible edit. I don't know if you're gonna, you guys are gonna see this, but they like photoshopped Father Jim Martin's face next to that of a wolf, and then put like flames over it. It's really aggressive. Why? It's very corny. It's not in this clip, but it's in this. Did board. they do it to make him look cool, or? <laughs> he will. They're winning over like the Turkish Nationalist Caucus with that image. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Um, Crow, all right, you guys ready? God. I also want to note this man is so red. He is so red. He's so red. He his face is so. Josiah, I mean Jackal. Well, yeah, he was in front of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. He deserves it. Yeah, he deserves it. Um, He should have. He should have stepped in closer to the core. Anyway, let's start. Yeah, and okay, yeah. So this is from his video. (laughs) You cannot be a Catholic and a Democrat. Period. Yeah. Period. Period. Very authoritative. Three, two, one. Declarative. Here's a memo to clueless baptized Catholics out there. You cannot be Catholic and be a Democrat, period. Their party platform absolutely is against everything the Catholic Church teaches. So just quit pretending that you're Catholic and vote Democrat. Repent of your support of that party and its platform or face the fires of hell. Yes, Virginia, there is a hell. There's a, a well-known cleric who seems to be putting out there that, oh, hell is an empty place. Sorry, buddy. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said many are going to choose that broad road to destruction. Only a few are going to choose the narrow, very difficult road to the narrow gate to heaven. There will be 60 million and counting aborted babies standing at the gates of heaven barring your Democrat entrance, and nothing you can say will ever excuse you for your direct or indirect support of that diabolical All agenda. All right, stop it there. We the don't end. need to hear about the babies. <laughs> no, but like you know what? Like you know where to pause, right, Josiah? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you are so correct, Father Altman. Uh, there is a straight and narrow path, so and true. you're not going on it. <laughs> and you're not on <laughs> you it, gotta buddy. Cut that part out. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to say, buddy, you are not on it. No, but again, you can see that language. He's so... Oh, God, he makes me so angry, because he's so condescending, too. He's got, mm-hmm. like, such... He's like he's like a Catholic Jim Jones, really, because he does the same condescending... He's like, newsflash to any clueless Catholics out there. Like he's so mm-hmm. paternalistic, well, as well, and and it, it, it kind of cre- it does create like I mean, there's an obvious way it creates the in group out good thing with just being like you know you can't be Catholic and Democrat, right? That that right. creates like that that division. But more than that, I think is that like this is not a video made for us, really. Like, no. or, or rather, uh, Finch, you being the leftist Catholic here, this video is not for you. No, like, it's not. It's framed as if it's for you. You know, that it's, it, I'm telling you what, this is the truth, that you're, you're not a real Catholic because you, you know, you you support the Democrats or whatever, or you're, you're left wing or whatever. But like, like, that's not what it's, it's actually about. It's not about you. It's about feeding this to the, to the in-group, right? To get the in-group excited, right? 
Right. It's it's about like yeah, it's preaching to the choir in the most literal sense, right? Absolutely. And yeah, and it's reinforcing their beliefs, you know. He's got the priest collar, so Oh yeah. Yeah, like I think that that that's something that's interesting when you compare it to I I think that um Applewhite is more sincere than this guy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh I yeah. Think Applewhite- that, like I kind of I kind of I get more uh, a ge- I think that Applewhite has a genuine belief. Oh yeah. Versus this guy and Jones, there is such an egotism here that it's about him and it's about this specific in this dude's case like weird seed view of like he like the, also the way he calls I it's I'm pretty sure he's calling out um uh francis by saying cleric yeah like that there's like a specific cleric that kind of that sounded to me like oh yeah you're referring to to francis there like there's something that's like if if you watch a video like having a dude in with the white with the collar um say this like even someone who me as lurch low church as i am there is something that that position should equivocate some kind of authority so if someone who is like as josiah saying this is not for any of us here listening this is for a specific kind of far-right catholic this just drives them deeper and deeper into the whirlpool yeah exactly yeah yeah we got it uh all right so we got one more clip from this and one more horrible video uh which is the apocalyptic language he's using uh 851 Okay. Uh, no, but I oh, totally I agree with Hold you. On. Uh, Jackal is like he is very much a Jim Jones type because Apple White was high off of his own product. You could tell that. Mm. Uh, That's why Apple White rocks. That man believed that he was going to the Hailbop Comet. Like no, like the like Apple White. I think he genuinely believed in everything that he was saying. I, you know, versus I hope he's right for his sake. You, <laughs> you hope he's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I do hope that Apple White was on the Hell Bob comic. Yeah, I, I do. I yeah. hope that he he ascended to the next level. Yeah, because man, that dude believed it. Jim Jones didn't believe in shit. He believed in himself. This dude believes in himself, yeah. and I don't know, owning the libs. It seems yeah. probably. Man, imagine if Apple White just ended up in purgatory, and he was like, "Ah, oh, damn it! I mean, Catholic heaven." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Catholic heaven that sounds like a fucking. <laughs> That sounds like a Simpsons bit. Yeah. That sounds like yeah, Catholic heaven. So, well, actually, wait. I think this is actually uh, <laughs> this is actually think but this might actually be a Simpsons bit. Wait a second. Yeah. God damn! How the fuck do they keep doing this? Yeah. I'm good. Um, uh, well, yep, I was right. I I didn't make that up. It is a Simpsons bit. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I remember this in the heaven. In the Protestant heaven is filled with wasps. Oh Jesus! Yeah, not not only is this a, a Simpsons bit. This is a Simpsons bit. I know. I have pulled the audio from and put in a transition on this show before. Oh my At god. some point, I'm mostly certain I've done that. Dude, I I could not stand it if you know I had to go to Protestant heaven. It was just like the fucking Connecticut suburbs all over again. I might like put a gun <laughs> in my head. <laughs> You can't escape yeah. it. It's it's tied to you it's forever. It's like that's my hell. <laughs> I don't know that I'm in hell. <laughs> uh, we're watching a video. It's at eight fifty one. Get to eight fifty one. Go 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 go. All right, ready. Three, two, one. To family, it is basic to our salvation that we must that our purpose in life is to know, love, and serve God. We have a duty and an obligation to know Him so that we love Him. 
so that we serve him unto martyrdom, red or white. And it is human nature that we will not willingly serve a God whom we do not love, and we will not love a God we do not know. And the reason why we are seeing the signs of the times, the cataclysm that's approaching, that we have been warned about, our Blessed Mother warned us about it. Oh. The reason why we're seeing this is that way too many people do not know God through their fault, through their fault, through their most grievous faults. And too many shepherds of the church haven't taught them. Okay, okay, we're done. Okay, we're done. He's, son, he's the just Holy like Spirit. Jim Jones. He is literally just like the mere world Jim Jones. He does the same fucking thing. Okay, all right, sorry. You can cut that part. <laughs> he's Catholic Jim Jones. Uh, yeah, like, do you see, like, the way his... It's, it's like, really also subtle shit, too. Like, the way that he... His head movements, the way he, like enunciates words his head movements his hand movements the way like all that stuff kind of is trying to lull you into the rhythm of his speech same with the music yeah. too which i also got uh i'm gonna say pretty gauche um you could have selected something better you fucking idiot but it's like yeah i like finished. stock I image after... jesus kind of like no, spreading like, his no, arms no, no, yo, on yo, a yo, random yeah, mountain but but, but like but no, 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 Jackal, but, but continue on. Like, he does the same exact... Through their fault, through their fault, through their most grievous fault. And Jim... While, and, you know, juxtaposing that with what Jim Jones was saying. Like, this is a reflection on me, what you're doing. Yeah. And then, like... It's the same and thing. And he's doing the like, scripture I, thing. I said... He's doing the scripture thing. I said Catholic Jim Jones as a joke but no like there's actually some something to like the way that he uses his words his cadence his tone of voice the movements that he the, the way that he like is enunciating it it all like is similar to the way that jim jones and that condescending tone that he knows better than you yeah yeah, yeah this this um uh, he doesn't have a compound anywhere right oh, god i not hope yet. not probably somewhere out in wyoming Fuck, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, anybody, you are aware of this, uh, don't, um... Leave! Go! If he's gonna buy a compound somewhere out in the middle of South America, or, uh, Texas, or Wyoming, or, or Rhodesia. Montana, or... Or, or Rhodesia. <laughs> If he decides to to go to Africa and, and wants to create a whites-only compound, um, don't let him. Uh, go! Very bad go! thing. I, I hope that this episode teaches you... Bad shit's gonna happen. I see um, yeah. a I, moon arising. Imagine if he starts collecting guns. Fuck, that's... No, no. Um. <gasps> uh, anyway. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, should we close it yeah, out? Yeah, we hope that this has been an educational experience for you. And that you may now recognize the cult speak in these right-wing movements. And uh, recognize that um, that we're gonna do it now, too. Also, like yeah, we're gonna do the same the same. I don't, I don't mean you. to like. Just so have, you know, ahead. I don't mean to get like. I, I don't mean to have like a big head bias when I say this, but I'm like these people have like pathetic belief systems a lot of the times. Like at the end of the day, like a lot of these leaders are just like complete like fucking jarheads. Don't don't listen to these fuckers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, don't listen to the jarheads, bro. Read a good book on theology. 
go to a normal church or other such religious institution. Or don't. Like, or don't. if you just don't want to, be- like, like, I mean, just be for normal the people about who it, please. have religious predilections, you know, don't. But, like, even just, just be normal about it. Yeah. Don't, please use this knowledge responsibly and know, hey, is this guy using language that has been used in cults to lull people into doing things of which normally they would never do? Which we're going to be doing and speaking now, of which, uh, just yeah. to let you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you should stop talking to your family. Just listen to her right now. You should stop talking. Just Go listen ahead. to us. You, we you know are a exactly member of what... the heroes. Now that you know all of this stuff, you know, we're, we're letting you in on a little trade secret. So now that you, you know you can trust us. So, exactly. you know, just, you know, maybe throw we us a few hundred. We wouldn't be telling you this otherwise. You're, you are heroes. Yes. You're and heroes, just and now you will fight against the perverts. Uh, you gotta battle the perverts out there. Out on Twitter. Spread the message. And spread if the you word. don't, you lose your dick for life. Yes, right. That's right. We gotta find and some other figures. And if you don't have a dick. <laughs> we gotta find some okay. other figures of speech. We gotta find some, some other just, like, nonsense. Like, we listen, gotta listening this. To We'll do this behind the scenes. Yeah, they don't need yeah, to know the full thing. Do this. We don't have to do they don't this. need to know the full thing. Yeah. They don't need to know the full thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have been Jackal. You can follow me at Jackal Jess... Uh, no, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Blue Sky, Jackal Jackal at uh, on Blue Sky. Uh, don't if you try to follow request me on Twitter, I'm not letting you in. I'm sorry. I that thing is closed off. I'm keeping the, it quarantined until the end of that fucking website. Uh, that has been the person that has uh, led this episode, the wonderful Finch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter.com at Finchawar, or you can follow me on Blue Sky, also at Finchawar. Uh, I am a versatile person, even though the site is destroying my brain and concentration once again. That's right. And the person whose brain has been destroyed by this episode, almost as much as Finch, who has done some very important research in getting all these fucking things for us, uh... <laughs> Josiah Sutton. That's right. Um, I have a figure of speech I'm going to start using. I don't say follow me on Twitter anymore. I say that you can accept me into your life by going to <laughs> Josiah W. Sutton on Twitter.com. Check check that that and just in, introduce me into your world. <laughs> and we have been joined by the magnet, the magnanimous, the fantastic. The Italian. <laughs> Phil. Number six. You can find Phil. Number six. At Cryptid Director. On Twitter.com. And also on Blue Sky. Where I will not post. Because I don't like using Blue Sky. Yeah. It's still getting used to it. Still getting it's a little bit of a learning curve. Oh, but man. We you know, didn't the even get into this, this episode. But fuck threads. Have any of you guys fucked with threads yet? Yeah, it sucks. No, no I haven't. You can also threads. find no. me there. You can also follow me there. I decided to send you on threads. I would not want, you know, people I know seeing like my mental illness. What are you doing? Well,. Because I'm already under Josiah W. Sutton, and people from high school already follow me on Twitter. They all see this. They all, uh, they all everyone knows. People I'm sorry. know. That's okay. You're just you're you're just let it out in the open. Yeah. But I hope that you have a good day, night, or whatever mm. time that you've been listening to this. And we love you. It it's is conditional. conditional. It is it's conditional. Very conditional. Very conditional. If you don't, if you, you should... if you don't listen to me, then I'm a, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to take that love away. Mm. Have a good day. Fight the perverts in your life.
Roll, roll, fight the perverts. <laughs> okay. All right, that, was, that was so fun. That was oh, man. That was also a fucking bummer, though. Oh, I, I feel like a big Bob Simpson, welcome to Protestant heaven. Through in one, hurrah! Poppy, have you seen Dash? But where's Homer and Bart? Sedevacantismus is a doctrinal position within traditionalist Catholicism, which holds that the present occupier of the Holy See is not a valid pope due to his espousal of one or more heresies and that, for lack of a valid pope, the See of Rome is vacant. The term sedevacantism is derived from the Latin phrase see the canti, which means with the chair, i.e., of the Bishop of Rome, being vacant. The phrase is commonly used to refer specifically to a vacancy of the Holy See from the Pope's death or resignation to the election of his successor. The number of sedevacantists is unknown and difficult to measure. Estimates range from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands. Some sedevacantists chose to end the vacancy in the Holy See by electing their own Pope. Hence, they are more appropriately called conclavists. This is the 29th of September. 1996. I'm dope. And dope probably doesn't mean anything to many of you. To those that have heard of dope, I might relate dope to TN dope of UFO2 or of a UFO cult that made some splash in the news. with the public periodically. 